Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. Hey Slate Church and everybody that is tuning in online, happy Easter. Happy Easter to everybody, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching on demand afterwards. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning in and jumping on. I want to take just a quick moment and uh, introduce myself before we jump into the message today. My name is Jared. I'm part of the team here at Slate, and I have the opportunity today to talk about this idea of Easter. We've kind of branded this Easter season, both Good Friday and Easter Sunday, with this idea of worthy. And I want to unpack that a little bit for us today, what it looks like for for God to be worthy, worthy of our attention, worthy of our affection today, and and for us, what it looks like to be found in Christ and to be worthy through the cross and the resurrection today. So we're going to unpack all kinds of stuff today. I also want to say a big thank you to Pastor Brandon and Pastor Emma for the opportunity to share on Easter Sunday today. Um, And listen, whether you have come to church for a long time, maybe you grew up in church and Easter is like kind of something that's always been in the calendar for you, you know all about the story of Jesus and the gospel message, uh, welcome, we're glad that you're here. Maybe you've been a part of Slate Church for a long time and you're unpacking what it looks like to follow God and to follow Jesus and this message of the gospel. I'm excited for you to be here today and maybe you're tuning in for the first time today. Maybe you got an invitation, somebody sent you this link. Maybe you heard about Slate Church from a poster or something that you saw online. Um, For you as well, I'm excited to unpack what it looks like to follow Jesus and this gospel message that we get to celebrate on Easter today. So there's all kinds of different starting points to, to, to unpacking this idea of the gospel. You know, Easter for, for uh, us as Christians, those of us that made a decision to follow Jesus, there's a lot of hope that's found in a day like Easter, in a day where we get to remember who Jesus was in his life and his death and his resurrection. And, uh, and I think even as, before I jump into it, I, w- I wanna read out of this uh, passage in 1 Peter. So if you've got a Bible today, you can go ahead and grab your Bible. We're gonna open up to 1 Peter. We're gonna look at chapter one. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to read out of that um, before we jump into anything else. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Even just that, there's so much uh, life and opportunity in that sentence. I want to I read that again because it's really significant. According to His great mercy, according to God's great mercy, He's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. I love that line that talks about here, to an inheritance uh, that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. We're going to unpack this a little bit today, but why don't we start uh, our time together with a a moment of prayer. God, we thank you for um, your church, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to gather digitally like this today, God. We thank you for Easter Sunday and this day where we get to like just take a, a pause in our life and to celebrate you, to remember you, to thank you for what you've done, to thank you for your goodness, God, to thank you for your faithfulness to us, to thank you for your steadfast love that you poured out, not just in word, but God, also in action towards us. 
And I pray that today as we gather around your word, um, that you would speak your words to this community, that you'd speak your words to our church today, God, that you would open our eyes and our understanding to who you are today, that we'd have a fresh revelation of your love for us, God, and that for those that are on the other side of the screen today, God, and even for myself as I'm speaking, God, that you would do something new and fresh in my life today, God, that you would do something new and fresh in their life today, God, that your Holy Spirit would work and reveal more of your love and your faithfulness, your goodness, and your mercy to us today, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot in this idea of Easter. There's a lot packed into this understanding of, of this person of Jesus and that Jesus would come and live life here on earth and die on the cross for our sins and be resurrected to life and give us a new life and a new hope. That's a, that's a pretty like quick statement, a flyover synopsis of the gospel, that we could have new life and a new hope in Jesus. And I think if we just left it there and just said that really quickly, it's not really doing justice to what all is encapsulated in this idea of Jesus coming and dying on a cross and, and being resurrected and coming back to life. I think many of us were familiar with the story of Easter. Maybe you've heard about it growing up. Uh, maybe you, uh, maybe you, you're, you've been to church like on Easter and on Christmas. Maybe you're like in that category of people that's going like, yeah, I'll come to church occasionally. I'll come on the big Sundays. I'll get a bit of a flyover of what's happening. And I'm not sure if it really will impact my life, but I've, I've got an awareness of what's going on. I think in the West, we have a lot of understanding of this person of Jesus and this idea of the cross. But often we miss out on what that means for us as people today. And one of the most incredible things that we get to celebrate on Easter is this idea of forgiveness. That God has forgiven us for our sins, for our trespasses, for our uh, brokenness as people. And, and I think even to, to understand that concept, to go like, like, okay, well, what do I need forgiveness for? Like, who's to say that I, I've really even done anything wrong? I'm doing my best to live the best life that I can, to be kind to people, to be generous, to be open-handed, to love people. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've got a bunch of stuff that I need forgiveness for. And I want to unpack that idea a little bit. Maybe just take a, a pause real quick right now and think in your mind, who is somebody that embodies this idea of forgiveness for you? Someone who is really like... Um, like open-handed with their, with their relationships that goes like, even if this person kind of slights me or does wrong to me, I'm going to pause and I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to take the time to work through that emotionally. I'm not going to hold it against them. Maybe you're thinking of somebody like right at the top of your mind right now. For me, when I think of forgiveness, I think of my sister Madison. She's probably one of the most forgiving people that I've ever met in my entire life. She, uh, she's just so kind. She's so kind to the people around her. and She doesn't hold on to things. She either deals with them or sometimes like she doesn't even confront people about it. She just like genuinely lets go of stuff that's happened to her in her life and forgives people and moves on. And I know for me, she's done this uh, a ton in my life. I've been the recipient of Madison's forgiveness often because as her older brother, um, I was doing all kinds of stuff to pester her growing up and frustrate her and, and antagonize her and, and aggravate her. I remember, um, maybe it's not even like antagonizing or aggravating, Maybe it's just like being annoying or taking advantage of her. I remember um, she was so kind and so generous growing up. She still is. But when we were kids, th this was really like the way that she operated. And I remember there was this thing that I wanted. I was getting into these, uh, these, these the, like those like flat brim caps. Do you remember these? Like that people would wear all the time and you leave the sticker on it. And, uh, and I, I bought one of these one time and it got like really dirty and it was the only one that I had and I needed to wash it. And I was like, how am I going to clean this? Because if I wash it, it's going to get all crumpled and stuff. And I was in the mall one day and um, 
and I found one of these like cages that you would put your hat into and then you put that cage and the hat into the washing machine and you would wash it. And Madison didn't have any hats like this, had no interest in having hats like this. And I remember I, I convinced her to split the cage 50-50 with me because we would both use it. And I'm sure that she would use it and I would use it. And, uh, and I had just kind of took advantage of her kindness. And although she knew that she would never use that, uh, she split it down the middle. I think it was like 10 bucks, which is a lot for me at the time. I think I was like seven or eight. And, um, and she put five in, I put five in, and we, we split down the middle. And that was just like a small thing that even to this day she'll kind of like tease me about. But, um, but I know that like there was a, an opportunity there where I just kind of took advantage of her. And that's like a joking, kind of a lighthearted one, even just in more significant ways. I know through a uh, season of high school when we went to school together and we were both kind of growing up and maybe we're, I'm like 17 or 18, she's 15 or 16. And, and, um, and she was going through some challenging times in, in high school and she needed uh, me to be around a little bit more and to have conversations and someone to process and someone to protect her and someone to encourage her. And I know that I was going through all kinds of stuff at that time in my life and I didn't really pay her the attention that she deserved. I kind of uh, gave her a bit of the cold shoulder. I was really insecure at that time and working a lot of stuff out. And I know that in those years in high school, I, I did a lot and I said a lot of things that, that actually, I didn't mean to hurt Madison, but I know that I did. And it, it took a few years and we both kind of graduated high school and we went to university and we grew up a little bit. And I came back to her as an adult and I just said like, hey Madison, I'm, I'm really sorry for some of the way that I treated you in, in high school. And I came to ask for her forgiveness. And, and she's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I was frustrated, but I've already forgiven you for that thing. And thank you for saying sorry. But her forgiveness, she'd already given me that forgiveness. And because she'd given me that forgiveness, we were able to be in relationship with one another. There wasn't something that was being withheld from each other or that she was harboring against me, even though I had done her wrong. And the interesting thing about that forgiveness is that I couldn't get that forgiveness from anybody else. Because I'd done that wrong towards Madison. I needed Madison to give me that forgiveness, right? And that challenge in my mind, I couldn't go to my mom and say like, mom, can you forgive me for this thing that I did to Madison? I couldn't go to my friend, Matt, uh, hey, like, um, I think, who was my close friend at that time? Doesn't really matter, Luke. Luke would have been a great option. Couldn't go to Luke and say like, Luke, can you forgive me for this thing that I did to Madison? The thing about forgiveness is it needs to come from the person that we've done wrong by. Right? And so the only person that could forgive me was Madison. And what a great gift it was that she would forgive me. That when I came to apologize and I said, hey, I'm sorry for what I'd done. Not only did she forgive me in that moment, but she'd already forgiven me for what I'd done, for the ways that I'd, 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 I'd hurt her, for the ways that I frustrated her, for the ways that when she needed me, I wasn't there for her. And, and we've always had a great relationship. And I would attribute a lot of that to, to her forgiveness. And the reason I'm, I'm harping on this idea of forgiveness so much, and the reason I'm harping on this idea of even just this example that Madison is to me of forgiveness, is because today on Easter, we get to pause and, and recognize the forgiveness that God has given us. You see, as much as we try to be good people um, and, and live our life in a way that isn't actually causing problems to the people around us, we want to be like people that are contributing to the world and, and our positive influences are kind and are loving. The thing about that is, like, God is perfect in his love towards us. He's perfect in his mercy. He's perfect in his grace. He's perfect in his justice. And so he lives in this world of, like, being all of these things in such a beautiful and a perfect way. And for us as people, no matter how hard we try, we'll never be able to live that perfect life that, that God um, 
desires for us or even expects from us as people that, that, that is needed for us to be in, in relationship with God. And so, so regardless of how much we want to be good people or desire to be good people, we're constantly living in this state of brokenness, this state of sin, this state of separation from God, this state of living outside of the way that God intended. And this idea of sin causes a rift in relationship between us and between God. Um, Romans 6, 23 uh, says, For the wages of sin is death. And this, this lack of hitting the mark of who God is and His greatness and His, and His perfectness, because we're not able to do that, there's a rift in our relationship with God. There's sin that exists in us as people. We're born into this sinful and broken world. And in Romans, as we're reading Scripture, it talks about this idea that the wages of our sin, the consequence of our sin, is death. That our sin and our brokenness and our separation from God leads to death. And we see this um, all the time in the world around us. This, this idea of, of living outside of the perfectness of who God is. Like how great would it be if every relationship that we lived and existed in just was like, was perfectly kind and loving and generous and gracious towards one another all the time. Like there was never anything that was said that was hurtful. There was never anything that was said that was offsides. Um, there was never anything that was said that wasn't loving or wasn't gracious. And even as I'm explaining that, like, um, I'm, I'm getting like anxious thinking about that because I'm like, I can't do that. Like sometimes I just like have a bad day. Even as I was coming into the office today, I was, I was re- thinking through a lot of stuff. I had a bad sleep the night before. There's a lot of stuff that are, is on my mind. And I just haven't conducted myself the way that I wanted to conduct myself with the people around me. And I'm, I'm kind of leaning on the mercy and the grace that they're giving me today. And so as much as we do this kind of in our relationships, we don't do this perfectly. And that's where there's brokenness that exists. And the cost of that, the wages of that sin, according to Scripture, is, is death. It's death. It's separation from God. And the, co- the cost of our sin is death. And the thing about our sin is the one that we're offending, the one that we're sinning against is God. The offense that we're bringing as people, the sin that we're bringing as people, we're bringing that not, not necessarily towards one another. We do bring that towards one another. But the greatest offense that we're making in this is, is, uh, is the sin that we're doing against God. Uh, 1 John 4, 7 to 10 says this. I want to read this kind of passage out to, to describe a little bit more of why this is the case. It says, Beloved, let us uh, love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, love of, in this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. The passage that I just read, the line that sticks out to me so much in this is this idea of like, um, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. When we open up this idea of what love is, Love is all these things that we're talking about. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't boast. It's slow to anger. All of these things that, that we see in this one passage that's read at every single wedding that I've ever been to. But God is the embodiment of all of this stuff. He's patient. He's kind. He's all of these things. And so when we live outside of that way of operating, then there's an offense. There's a sin against God. And so today, there's a lot to be forgiven in our lives when it comes to our relationship with God. And this is the beautiful thing of, of the second half of this, this passage that says... Um, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He's loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Even just that idea, this thing that we get to celebrate 
when it comes to Easter. The fact that God, that Jesus, being, all, being God with, with flesh on the person of God coming to earth, that he would come and, and extend a hand of love towards us first to take on our sin, to die on the cross, so that because it, it, it's God that we're offending, it's God that we're sinning against, it's only God that can give us that forgiveness and bring us into right relationship with God. And so where we have separated our relationship with God and there's been a, a rift and a break in that relationship, that God would extend himself towards us. And that on Easter today, we get to remember the significance of Jesus coming and his death and his resurrection. And not just his death, but his resurrection, that he would overcome sin, that he would overcome death. As Romans is saying, the wages of sin is death. And in this picture of Jesus coming and dying and taking on sin and being resurrected back to life, he's creating a way for us that although we live in sin, while we're yet sinners, while we're separated from God, while we're constantly offending God and, 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 and living in an environment that, that has a broken relationship with him, that God would send his son to restore relationship with us, to forgive us for our sins and create a path of opportunity to be in communication, to be in communion, to be in relationship and to live life with him is the joy and the blessing of Easter. And the, the interesting thing is the cross is the only way that this could happen because Jesus, who is perfect, the embodiment of, of, um, of all that is like good and gracious, the embodiment of God with flesh on here on earth, never sinning, being the perfect uh, sacrifice. Because again, the, the, the wages of sin is death. And we see this all through the Old Testament where um, in order to, to have our sin covered, there would be sacrifices that would be made. They'd sacrifice uh, different animals, and, and it was the, the, the payment of the atonement of that blood that would cover the sins of the people that were, that were causing that broken relationship with God. And, and Jesus is that perfect sacrifice, and that's what we get to remember and celebrate today, that, that he's taken on the sin of the entire world, that, the sin that, that has happened and the sin that's going to happen in our life, that if we would believe in Jesus, if we would, would put our faith and our trust and our hope in him, that we could receive that gift of salvation and receive that gift of relationship with God today, that we could put aside all of the stuff that, that exists inside of this, this brokenness, this sin, and that we could restore that relationship with God through um, the acceptance and the understanding and, and the belief and the faith in Jesus and the, the price that he paid for us on the cross. That's what we get to remember and we get to celebrate today. It's, the, it's, it's a really like significant thing, and it's hard to even just kind of like talk about the wholeness of what that looks like. I know for myself, I think about... Um, this parable of, um, of uh, two people that owed money to a money lender. And we see Jesus talking about this in Luke. He's in Luke uh, chapter 7, verse 41 uh, to 43. And, it's, and Jesus says this, Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50 denarii. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. When I, when I think about that, that passage of scripture, even just that idea, if like I owe somebody five bucks, somebody else owes that person $50, and that person goes, yeah, you know what, I don't really need that money. I'm just going to kind of forgive that debt. Don't worry about it. Um, you don't need to pay me back. Like the person that owed the 50 bucks, let, let's, 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 let's expand it a little bit. Maybe I owe somebody 50 bucks and somebody owes them $5,000. The person that, that owes the $5,000, they're going to be a lot more grateful for the forgiveness of that debt than even the person that would owe them 5 or $50 because that debt was so large. And I think for us, one of the things that, that we, we can't even wrap our minds around as people is because God is so good and so holy and so perfect, um, living in this, this broken relationship with God, it's actually quite a large debt and weight of sin that we carry around as people. 
that, that shame that lives inside of us, that anger that lives inside of us, that brokenness that lives inside of us. We know oftentimes the people that we want to be and we know the people that we actually are and the way that we outwork our life and the world around us and the relationships around us. And the gap between those things is so large and, and the gap between even who we want to be and who God desires us to be is even larger than that. And so the weight of that sin is, is immense, it's huge. It's more than we can really wrap our minds around. And, and the crazy thing is like that can be really like uh, soul crushing. Even for myself as I'm saying it, I'm like, man, like I thought I was doing pretty good. I thought I was like doing all right in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get through this thing well. I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to love people. When I pause to think, man, like the kind of God that, that I love, the kind of God that God is, he's perfect in his love. He's perfect in his justice. He's perfect in his mercy. In order for me to be in relationship with him, like I can't bring the stuff that I'm bringing into that relationship. So what do I do about that? There's nothing that I can do about that. And that's the hope that we get to talk about today when it comes to Jesus and remembering this message of Easter, that Jesus would come, that he would take on sin, that he would die in order to bring us back into right relationship with God, in order that we would be able to have communion and relationship with God. Uh, back to that verse in, in, in 1 Peter. It says, um, according to his great mercy, the great mercy of the Father, he's caused us to be born again, to live a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. That we're born again into a living hope, that we can take hope today in, in the fact that, that Jesus has come to give us a new way of life, a new way to be in relationship with God. That while we're yet sinners, God extended a hand towards us of forgiveness, of grace to say, I actually desire a relationship with you. And regardless of what's going on inside of you, I want to walk alongside you and not just leave you where you are, but grow you into the fullness of what I have for you on this side of heaven. And it's a beautiful gift that we're able to, to receive and accept today. And so wherever you are this morning, as I'm talking about this idea of, of Easter and the fact that Jesus will come and take on our sin, maybe you're sitting on the other side and you're going like, man, there's stuff that's going on inside of me today that I know isn't right, that I know is broken, that I know isn't the way that it should be. And I don't know how to figure that out. Maybe there's a broken relationship between you and a, and a family member. Maybe there's a broken relationship between um, you and a parent. Maybe there are, maybe there's a dependency that you have in your life. That you, there's an addiction that, that you're dependent on this thing over and over and you know that it's not good. You know that it's not actually helping you flourish and grow as an individual, but you can't seem to shake it. You can't seem to get away from it. The beauty of Easter, the joy of Easter, the hope that we get to, to lean on and rest in today is not just that Jesus would come and take on our sin and die, but that he would overcome sin and that he would be resurrected back to life and to, and to go and to sit at the right hand of God. Like this is a beautiful picture that for us today, there's hope in our situations. There's hope in our brokenness. There's hope in our sin. There's hope in our shame. There's hope in our anger. There's hope in our insecurity. There's hope in our um, dependencies and our addictions because there's freedom through that relationship with God, because Jesus has come and overcome all of these things. And that if we would today put our faith and our trust and our hope in Him, that we'd be able to walk in step with Him in relationship with Him and grow into all that He has for us today. 1 Peter 2.24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that is the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. If we, and, and 1 John, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a different way of life that we can live, a life in relationship with God a life that, that isn't bound by sin or bound by hopelessness or bound by shame or bound by regret or bound by any of those things. 
but there's a new relationship and a new life that we can have, a new hope that we can have in Jesus today. So wherever you are this morning, I just ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. On this Easter Sunday, maybe you feel in this moment the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart today to say, hey, I actually desire a relationship with you, and I'd like for you to take that step towards me. God is extending his hand towards us today and every day. But Easter, we get to remember that specifically, that God has, has extended a hand of relationship, of love, of hope towards us today. And I want to extend an invitation to us this morning to pause and to accept that free gift of salvation, accept that free gift of life that God is offering us this morning. And maybe for the first time today you're doing that. And if that's you in this moment, there's a button if you're watching live that's popping up in the chat that says uh, something like, I want to follow Jesus. I just encourage you to click that button as an, as an expression of the decision that you're making to say, I actually want to accept this gift of salvation and new life that God has for me today. You can go ahead and click that. Maybe you're watching this on demand. I just want to invite you to maybe raise a hand, maybe put a hand on your heart as an outward expression of a decision that you're making internally to say, I want to follow God. I want to believe. I want to accept the free gift of salvation that he's inviting me into today. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. God, thank you so much for those that are making this decision on the other side of the screen today, God. I ask that you would be with them. I ask that you would bless them. I ask that your Holy Spirit would fill them in this moment, God, that you would speak to them in a new and a fresh way, God, that they would be overwhelmed with the love that you have for them, with the joy that they can have in their relationship with you, with the hope that exists in relationship with you today, God. We thank you for your cross. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for the fact that we just, we can be in relationship with you, God, that while we're yet sinners, that you would extend a hand and that you would die for us, God, and that we aren't bound by the sin that exists in our life, God, that, that, that though we face many troubles and, and there's a lot in the world, God, we thank you that you have overcome the world, that you've overcome sin, and that you've overcome death. We thank you for those that are making that decision today. In your name we pray. Amen. What an incredible decision that you made today. And if you, if you have made that decision, it's the start of a relationship with God. It's the beginning. It's not the end. And we'd love to get connected with you, to resource you, to give you your next steps and what it looks like to follow Jesus. But I want to pray before we end today for another group of people this morning. And if you're in this room and maybe uh, you've been following Jesus for a long time, if you're sitting on the other side of the screen, you're going, yeah, I, I know this story of Easter. I know this story of, of salvation. I know this story of, of new life and a new hope in Christ. But maybe you're not living out of the reality of that. Maybe you have a head knowledge of it, but you haven't allowed it to affect and to change your heart and to allow it to actually transform the way that you live your life and the person that you're becoming. If that's you today and you're going, I actually needed this reminder of God's faithfulness and his love towards me so that I can live a life that's faithful and loving towards him, not because of what I've done, not because of any worthiness that I'm bringing, but because he's covered me with his blood, that he has actually bought me with a price and that I can live in the fullness of life through Christ Jesus today. If that's you on the other side, I just wanna uh, encourage you to bow your head, close your eyes. We're gonna take a moment to pray and just ask God to remind us that we would live out of the reminder of his goodness and his faithfulness towards us. God, we thank you for, for this day of Easter where we get to pause and to celebrate and to remember and to thank you for what you've done, God. Thank you even for the practice of communion, God, in our life where we get to remember your cross and the fact that you would take on our sin, God, and that while we were yet sinners, you would come and you'd walk alongside us, God, and that you'd pay a price for us that we could never pay so that we could be in a relationship with you that we could never work out on our own, God. So I ask today that we would live out of the reality of the cross today, God, that we wouldn't... Um, see it as a small thing, see it as a side thing in our life, see it as something that we just take for granted because we hear about it so much or we see the symbol so much, God, but that we would live out of the reality of it today, God, that we would live um, with a hope, God, with the hope that you've given us, not a false hope, God, but a hope that's rooted in you, a hope that exists because you came and you paid a price for you. You've not only died, but you've overcome sin, God, and you're resurrected in your life. God, I pray that we wouldn't let that hope live with each of us today, God, but that we would go and share that news with people the good news of the gospel, the good news of the hope.
Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.